We're coming to you from the Service Autopilot Studios. This is the Profit Roadmap. I'm Cody Owen. And I'm Bear Duplissy. And we are coming. We want to be your guides on the Profit Roadmap, whether you are a lawn care company, a landscaping company, cleaning company, plumber, HVAC, whatever you do, we want to be talking directly to you. You're in the service industry and we are here to help you. Absolutely, man. This is this has been a great opportunity for us to, it was something that we thought of kind of simultaneously, but independently. Concurrent thought. Yeah, concurrent thought. It was, it was fantastic. It was kind of fantastic how it kind of came together. And we've got some great interviews lined up for you in these, in these first few episodes. Uh, we've got uh, everyone's fa- favorite uh, member support rep, Caleb Brisley. Uh, everyone's favorite trainer, Scott Howard, and of course, one of our top-notch members and a certified advisor, Mike Callahan, will be coming to you. It's going to be fantastic road, and as one of your guides, I'm excited to be here. I know Cody's excited as well. It's just a fantastic, fantastic platform that we've kind of laid out for you guys. We hope you enjoy it as much as we are bringing it to you. It should be an awesome, fun ride. So just real quickly, we want you guys to get to know us so that you know why we're here talking to you. So, Bear, how long have you been at Service Autopilot? I've been at Service Autopilot for less than a year, but apparently they think I'm doing good enough to stick a microphone in front of my face, so I'm I'm okay with that. And uh, I work in the sales department, so I'm kind of the the tip of the spear a little bit. I'm the first guy that gets to talk to people, which really excites me because I really like I really love this program. I was excited to come on board to the, with the company, and I was uh, fortunate enough to learn under great people like you, Stephen, Mindy, Meredith, a lot of the good people, and Caleb, of course, in the support department, and uh, really learned the program, the ins and the outs, and I absolutely fell in love with how this system works, and I am so excited to be uh, fully integrated into the sales department now and talk to everyone and get everyone as excited as I am about it. It's It's fantastic, man. I am totally like drank the Kool-Aid, bought in, cheerleader, pom-poms in the air, so excited about it. And uh, and that's that's what I do, man. So tell everyone about, for those people who don't call into support very often or who don't necessarily talk to, peop- to, talk to you, tell us what you do. I have been at Service Autopilot for, it'll be 18 months in August. I answer the phones in the support department. If you've got QuickBooks problems or you've got a service autopilot problem and you've called in, you've probably talked to me at some point. Um, I have been on the QuickBooks team for probably about eight months now. Uh, and I love working over there with a little bit more complicated problems and a little bit more like you got to really figure out what's going on here. Uh, so I, that's just the kind of person I am. I love to, you like to showing work a off puzzle. Your smarts, right? Showing off your smarts. You like to show off your smarts. That's what my mom's always said. I like to think of it more as critical thinking and problem solving. Uh, and one more thing that I think <laughs> that you should know about Bear is that every day of the week, he seems to have a different Boston sports teams hat on <laughs> and the, the hats vary as well. Well, you got so re- to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you got to represent a little bit of everything. So I'm a I'm a huge I'm a huge sports nut, and uh, I'm I'm a big baseball guy specifically. Um, I mean, baseball is my all time favorite sport. Uh, so of I, course I don't I'm, understand it. I'm and I'm very, that's very unfortunate, Cody, because it really is the greatest sport on earth. And uh, while America has kind of fallen in love with football, and I certainly am a football fan, um, I am definitely uh, absolutely a huge baseball fan, and I believe wholeheartedly that it is the greatest game that's ever been created by mankind. My, my father made me fall in love with it. Uh, he was a minor, you know, he, he played all growing up, played a little bit of minor league ball here and there. And, um, 
Uh, nothing to, he'll tell you nothing too fancy, but he was, uh, it was fancy, it was, it was fancy enough and it was fantastic to get to learn to someone who actually played a little bit of professional ball and, and learn to love the sport as much as he did. Um, and it's, uh, you know, Boston's where it's at, man. My father grew up in New England. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of spent some time there as well. So I kind of just fell in love with the, the, the teams that my, my father, uh, fell in love with, with the exception of football. I'm actually, uh, New England Patriots don't, bother me either way I, I like them just enough but uh my football team of choice is actually the green bay packers because i was a huge reggie white fan growing up so that's kind of uh that's kind of where my fandom is but yeah i represent with the hat every day you got you know i've got my boston red sox hats i got my boston bruins hats i got uh a boston celtics hat and of course i got my green bay packers hats too and you you gotta you gotta represent and look good uh, just like you do with all your like uh dungeons and dragons and star wars and all that cool whoa, stuff whoa, that whoa. i don't understand <laughs> Like I, I don't get I, I I don't get it and I don't mean it like in a bad way, man. I I'm utterly fascinated by the stuff that you're into and I, like I try to converse with you and you're like explaining stuff to me and it's just like he is so excited about this and I have no idea what he's talking about. It's it's all about keeping your imagination alive as long as possible. And I think that's gonna be a theme that we explore on on the profit roadmap is looking into uh what can your business be uh, who can you be as a leader in your business? And I think it's going to be a theme that we, we bring up, uh, pretty frequently. But anyway, today we've got on the podcast, Scott, one of our trainers, uh, over in the training department. If you've taken a webinar with Service Autopilot, you've probably heard Scott's voice. It's uh, a soothing voice. Uh, he does have a lovely voice. So we're going to be talking to Scott today. He's going to be talking to us about, uh, one of the most important things in business, whether you use Service Autopilot or not. And it's knowing how much it costs you to perform a job. And it's more than the materials that you had to buy uh, or the cleaning supplies you had to buy, whatever it is. It's it's so much more than that. So Scott's going to be taking us on a deep dive into job costing today. So without uh, any, any further ado or gilding of the lily, we're going to dive right in there with an interview with Scott. Scott is in the studio with us today. He is on our training team, and he's going to be talking to us today about his time at Service Autopilot and also talk a little bit about job costing and the importance of that in your business. Scott, how long have you been with Service Autopilot? Uh, this October, it'll be seven years. That's a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, though. I hadn't graduated high school seven years ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's making us both feel old, Scott. So that's nice. I'm a lot um, older than both of you. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you how'd you end up at Service Autopilot? Um, I had an in between job where I'd been laid off, and uh, that in between job was um, was at a uh, I was managing a, a storage facility. That storage facility, um, I used to do not only manage but also do all the maintenance there as well, and. Uh, got to know some of the tenants and we had this clandestine little company. At least that's what it seemed like because there was no branding or anything like that on the door. And so, uh, I always ran their credit card every month because they had to pay for their, their rental. But, uh, it was a, a mini office warehouse is what it was. But so it was an office and had no idea who was actually in there. So I was always kind of suspicious and wondering, you know, and so it was kind of weird. But anyway, uh, um, one winter, during the winter time, uh, I had to go do some maintenance on their doors, and um, that was my excuse to actually talk to them because I was I pretty much knew just about all the tenants anyway. And so um, 
stuck my head in there, told him I had to work on the door. And, uh, while I was working on it, I said, so what are you guys doing here anyway? So I just happened to, you know, just strike up the conversation. Right. And, uh, they said, we do software. I'm like, what? So I couldn't believe it, you know, because I used to work in software, uh, years ago, uh, prior to that. And, uh, and I knew that everything was, you know, going online and I knew at that particular facility just how bad the internet was because, uh, cause we used it in the office and it was horrible. And I'm just like, how are you running a software company out of this place? You know? And so anyway, it was a little startup and, uh, uh, one thing led to another in our conversation, uh, ended up that it was Jonathan that I was actually talking to with service autopilot. And, um, of course I didn't know who he was at the time. And, uh, uh, Again, one thing led to another. He invited me to come in because I kept asking him, well, what kind of software is it? You know, and just ask, I was just asking questions. And um, so he takes me back and he shows me this big whiteboard. And on the whiteboard, he has this circular um, arrows drawn uh, big on the whiteboard and uh, starting out with like marketing. And then it goes to estimating. And now I've seen videos of that same whiteboard uh, in different locations. I think long care millionaire probably has one and, and there's other places. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's, he basically was just showing me all the different modules of service autopilot, how it can go from marketing and then go to estimating and then go into, uh, the CRM portion and then go into scheduling jobs and scheduling jobs. You're actually using the mobile or using paper either way, whichever way you want to go. <clears throat> and then invoicing your jobs and taking payments. And so he just showed me this whole circular thing of this business management, you know, software. And so you walked in on the blueprint. Yeah, I was basically. They're looking at framing that whiteboard and putting it up somewhere in the office. That would be I'm awesome. Sure I think they should. And right. so uh, I was basically um, just very intrigued because I'd worked in software before. And, and I thought, man, this is a great idea. This is basically an end-to-end business kind of a software. And uh, <clears throat> just um, – uh, after that conversation, before I left, I'm just like, you know, I didn't like my job. It was an in-between job. Uh, I, I didn't mind the job. I, didn't, I couldn't stand the people I was working for. So, but anyway, uh, uh, so I just asked him, I'm just like, so are you guys hiring? <laughs> so he's like, well, at this time, you know, we're not right now at the moment, but he's like, you know, talk to us again in about three months. So three months went by and, and, uh, I hit him up again and asked him, I'm like, well, are you guys, you guys hiring yet? And he's like, um, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, we are, you want to go to lunch? And so, uh, we go to lunch and, uh, that particular time I didn't accept, uh, they made an offer actually. I didn't accept, uh, cause I had a family and, um, uh, just one thing, you know, one or two things, you know, was going on with that at that time. So, uh, there was a couple of obstacles in the way. So anyway, he's like, okay, well, I understand. I just explained, you know, explained a little bit. It's like, I tell you what, ask us again about three months and uh, about another three months. And so at that time, the reason why he was kind of putting it off is because the company was so busy, they couldn't afford to pay me. And uh, um, so he had to wait until the company, you know, grew a little bit so they could have a little extra income uh, before they could, you know, actually afford to pay, you know, any employee, not just me, but any employee. And so, um, I went ahead and, and asked them again in three months and then that's whenever they made another offer and, and, um, and it's been history ever since. So I joined in uh, at that point. So you're um, employee number two, I right? was employee number two, the first job offer, <clears throat> since I, I turned that particular one down, uh, went to Ashley, um, 
And so she was the first employee. And so um, our new service autopilot members won't probably know Ashley, but a lot of our veteran service autopilot members definitely would uh, because it was just me and her uh, for probably about a, I don't know, we were probably about a year, just me and her on the phones and stuff. And so we got to know most of our, our members uh, back then, just first name basis, and they would call in and you know, I'm Scott and they're, you know, whoever. And so, uh, we were just almost like developed like friendships really over the phone. And some people we actually did develop friendships. I'm actually friends with people on Facebook with some of our members, some of our old members, especially. So, uh, uh, it's very, very, um, very neat to be able to watch, uh, the company grow from those stages to where it is now and be able to experience it and see, um, just how, I guess just the, just the growth and, uh, the organization and, and the employees. I mean, back then there were only four of us and now we've got, I think we're pushing over 60 now, something like that, you know? And so as far as employees go, and it's just, it's just, it's just amazing to, to have watched it come that far in, in that short a period of time. I mean, it was, a, it was even a family affair for, uh, for you for a while. Cause your son was actually employed here as well for a short time. Yeah. My son actually, and my daughter, time, he, my he son and daughter himself. actually both worked here. Oh, you're yeah. too. That's right. Yeah. My oldest daughter worked here part time. Uh, that, that was back whenever we were building websites. So she kind of took over building a lot of websites, um, for service autopilot. And we've, we've since discontinued that particular, uh, part of, of service autopilot, but, um, that's what her main focus was doing that and writing knowledge base articles and stuff like that. She used to do that as well. Uh, that was while she was going to college. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Trevor, my son, he, he joined service autopilot as well. And he worked here for about a year, I think, or something like that, uh, a little over a year, maybe. Um, and then now he started his own business and, uh, he's in the doing, service industry In the service industry. Yeah. He's doing a handyman service. He's a handyman business. So he started his own business and from what I understand, he's doing well with that. So. Yeah, when he was doing stuff on the side, he would come show me pictures mm-hmm. uh, while we were in our cubes. He would he was working on uh, some like wood paneling for a bar and doing some really complicated trim work. And yeah. we were uh, he was doing much more complicated stuff than I'm capable of. But yeah. I I enjoy doing some woodworking, <laughs> so I enjoyed getting to see the the cool stuff that he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he got he bought himself a router and he's doing all kinds of stuff with that. So yeah, awesome. Well, Scott, tell us a little bit about uh, how you have you know, taking the system because you do some, you do some handyman work as well. And Trevor, I understand is using the, the program a little bit still, and, and you've kind of used it on the, as well on the mm-hmm. side. Tell us one of the most important features that we've talked about offhand is job costing. How, why is it important for our, our members to utilize that, that part of the software and why is it important for small businessmen? All right. So, um, as far as, as far as that goes, so you'd mentioned that I use uh, service autopilot. So yeah, on the side I do, I do a lot of project work on the side. I, I do some fence building, fence repair, um, landscaping, some lawn care type stuff, um, different things like that on the side. And I've just done that all my life. I was raised on a farm, and so just that kind of stuff just kind of comes natural um, with the way I was raised. But, but yeah, I use Service Autopilot. And honestly, regarding job costing, um, it has made me focus on it. So I learned job costing really after I got to service autopilot, I'd never even heard of the term, honestly, Jonathan taught me a lot about it. And then I've learned a lot with my own research. And then of course I started applying that with my own side jobs that I do. And, um, and I I just see the importance. um, I I don't even see how people uh, can run a business at least long-term anyway, can really run a business without doing job costing. 
um, just even though I only do things on the side, if I didn't do my own job costing, I, I would not make any money at all. Not that I'm like in it to really make a lot of money. I really enjoy doing the stuff that I do anyway on the side, but I, I still want to make some money. I mean, I've still got a family and stuff. So you want to uh, make sure you're not losing money. Yeah. Too. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm just, I'm not going to do stuff for free. I'm not going to get out there and sweat my, you know, my head off for, for nothing. <laughs> so, you know, and so, um, so I will evaluate my own cost, and that's really what job costing is. It's your an evaluation of your own cost versus your revenue that you're bringing in, and it's going to be in comparison to the jobs that you're performing. And so uh, when I really, truly started evaluating, because I only – usually I would only – before I would only think of job costing as, okay, well, i got to buy some materials for this job. And I didn't really think about anything else. I really wasn't thinking about my labor too much. I wasn't thinking about, you know, paying myself. I mean, sure, yeah, I wanted to make some money. And 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 up front, it looked like I was making money. But once I really started evaluating it and I started looking at, okay, once I buy this material, once I rent this equipment, once I um, pay for gas to go get that equipment and then haul that equipment to the uh, place that I'm supposed to be using it, and then once I go to the store, you know, whatever, you know, parts warehouse I'm going to go to, to pick up my materials. And then once I drive those materials up to the property that I'm going to be using those materials, I mean, I've got all, I got wear and tear on my vehicle. I got gas. I got the, the cost, the time that it took to do all that, you know, and all of that adds up. And if you're only looking at the revenue and you're only looking at just that little piece of it, and maybe how much gas it took you. And you're not really looking at all these other factors. Um, back when I used to do more kind of maintenance type work and I used to mow yards and I used to do things, uh, shrimp, you know, trim shrubs and, and do handyman work, you know, for other people as well. Um, I never really back then that was before service autopilot that I, that was before I knew anything about it back then. I didn't even think about the gas it took me. I was just thinking, okay, I'm going to charge $35 for this yard. I didn't think about driving from yard to yard to yard. I didn't think about my route. I didn't think about how long it took me to get from one yard to the next. Well, you know, I got to pay myself because I'm spending time driving, right? That's drive time. That's non-productive time. And so I didn't think about that kind of stuff. And so I'm sure I didn't make anywhere near the money that I thought I was making. Anyway, I say all that to say that if you're not job costing, I don't know how many of you guys have ever driven in the snow and ice very much, but there's a point if it, if you get continual snow and continual ice. So this is an illustration to kind of illustrate what it's like to run your business without job costing. Um, if you are <clears throat> driving in snow and ice for days or weeks, usually... If it's continually cold like that, usually it doesn't matter how much windshield wiper fluid you use on your windshield, it's going to stay that kind of foggy, um, just kind of fogged up on the outside. It's, it's very difficult to get it clean. It gets that sludge junk on it, and you can't really see, right? And I compare that windshield to running a business. You can't hardly see where you're driving whenever it's all clouded up like that. And until you actually go to the car wash or you clean it some other way, you know, more than just your windshield wipers, um, you're not really seeing where you're going. Financially speaking for your business, you're not really seeing where your business is headed if you're not truly evaluating and truly using real job costing. 
Um, you're not, you don't really know where you're going financially until you start doing that kind of stuff. Um, you can't see where your business is going financially. And it's really easy, right, for a one-man yeah. crew like you're talking about to get tunnel vision and just think about, okay, the materials that I purchased or the gas that I purchased, that's mm -hmm. the cost of doing this job. Right. Because they don't, they don't pay themselves an hourly wage. Right. But when you divide, you take that profit that you think that you're making and you divide it by the number of hours that you spent working, mm -hmm. suddenly you realize that you're paying yourself less than minimum wage. Exactly. You're not pricing your services correctly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's actually, that's probably the most important thing. What you just mentioned there is, is, what I recommend whenever I'm teaching people job costing now is I recommend that they um, figure out what their time is worth. So you may be the owner of the company. You may be a manager in the company. You may be an operations kind of person or whatever, regardless. Um, you need to figure out what your time is worth and then what all of your employees' time is really worth. You know, if you're the owner, you may not have figured that out. You may not be looking at yourself as an employee. But um, if you do it will be a lot easier to see, okay, well, if as an owner, maybe I need to make, you know, $50 a man hour, maybe I need to make $30 a man hour, whatever that number is for you. You need to figure that out. And if you're using service autopilot, you can plug that number in, in there. And then no matter what you do, if it's job related and you track your time in service autopilot, whether it's non-productive time or productive time, meaning non-productive would be just anything like loading a truck, unloading a truck, driving, whatever drive time, whatever that is, that's non-productive time. And then job time is productive time. So when you actually get to that property and you start working all the way until the time that you stop, that's your job time or productive time. If you start tracking that kind of stuff and you have given a value to your, um, to your hourly wage that you need to be getting, uh, it's actually called a labor burden. That's even over and above whatever the wage is. Um, but anyway, once you figured all that out and you plug that into service autopilot, it will track and tell you exactly what your cost is, what your labor cost is. And that's where I was failing before. Um, like I didn't figure, I didn't even think about the time when I went to Lowe's or Home Depot and bought materials. That's my time. And I should have been looking at that time. I didn't think about drive time. It took me 20 minutes or 30 minutes sometimes to get to a, a property that I was going to be working at. Well, I got to pay myself for that 20 or 30 minutes. If I don't, I'm losing money, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're not thinking about those kind of things, the non-productive time and the productive time, you're definitely losing out. And, and in the service industry, your labor is going to be your biggest cost. That's going to be your biggest cost. That's the number one priority. And then you've got other things too that factor into job costing as well, but that's the number one. So would you say that job costing is, in your opinion and experience, the number one reason why uh, business owners, particularly in this industry, uh, don't get out of the field? I would say it's, yeah, I'd say it's a large, a very large, it may not be the number one. It, it I would say it'd be a huge factor, though. One of the ways to get out of the field or one of the best ways to get out of the field is to start running your business as efficiently as possible so that your income uh, goes up so that your profits go up. Um, one of the things that Jonathan says, and uh, it's simple yet profound, I love this statement, is that when you cut out non-productive time, it is immediate profit, immediate profit. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. cut out non-productive time and it's immediate profit. And that's that efficiency that I'm talking about. If you can, um, if you can get rid of that and just work on productive time. Now you're not going to be able to get rid of it hundred percent. No company can do that, but the more and more you can do, the more and more your profits go up. If your profits go up, you can afford to hire better people. So therefore when you hire better people, because you can pay them more, then your turnover rate isn't going to be as much. That's that's like the second biggest problem in the service industry, or maybe even number one problem, is employees. And if you're getting quality employees and you have to pay those quality employees, you have to have that income. Cut out that non-productive time and you're going to have that income because you're going to be more efficient and you're going to have that immediate profit when you do cut it out. So then you can pay your employees more. Then you get more quality employees. It's just kind of like a... Um, like a snowball effect. And once you start getting more efficient like this, then your business, um, again, you'll be able to see where your business is going. You'll be able to fire the clients that are costing you money. You're not making any money with them anyway. You might as well either fire them or increase their rate where they're worth their wa- worth your while or um, just go find new clients. Um, but basically improve that efficiency so you can hire better employees And then as you can trust those employees and as you train those employees the way that you want things to be done, then you can get out of the field. So to answer your question, you know, you've got to do that job costing. You've got to improve those efficiencies. And then you've got to um, uh, really evaluate, okay, how can I start handing this stuff over to the people and how can I really train them to a point that I actually trust them. Uh, because I mean, if you're a small business owner, your business is your baby and giving your baby up is not easy. And so what I would recommend is giving it up in little small chunks and say, okay, you know what, what is, what is the thing that I like the least in my, like, what is the thing I like to do the least in my company? In other words, I'm doing things, but I hate doing them. Well, like when, parents are tired of driving their kids everywhere they want to go and suddenly they're willing to give them the keys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or teach them how to drive. Right. Yeah. So, um, so basically you're, yeah, you're giving, you know, whatever that is that you don't like doing, hire somebody to do that because now you have the income because you've really evaluated, started job costing. Now you can go ahead and afford to hire those people and you can train them the way you want them to be trained. And as long as you trust them, you hand that piece of your responsibilities over to them And now you can step back. Now you have some free time and you can start working on running your business instead of doing all the work in your business. You can actually stand back and see the big picture. Um, And you keep doing that in little chunks and you say, okay, well, what's the next thing that I hate doing? So really what you're doing too is not only you're, not only are you setting yourself up to run the business, but you're also setting yourself up to love to do what it is that you love to do in your business and run your business as well. Okay, so you can, so it's really kind of twofold. You give up all the stuff that you hate doing to people that, you know, that you want to give it to, that you trust. And then you basically step back and say, you know what? I'm doing exactly what I love doing. That's one of the reasons why I started this business. And I love being able to just sit back and evaluate and job cost and, you know, uh, just do the things that I love doing. And so whatever that is for you, I mean, you may like being out in the field. Well, if you like being on the field, you got to hire a bunch of people in the office. Okay. Um, and maybe you just go out and you kind of supervise in the field and you train in the field and you do that kind of stuff, but you got to be able to trust those people back at the office. So you got to really train those people. Anyway, kind of gone off a little bit, but basically if you're not job costing, if you're not streamlining your business, you will never get to that point to mm-hmm. where you're able to, to get out of the field or, or whatever it is that you love to do. 
It's that first step that can take you from being kind of a fly by night. You don't really know what's going on with your business into, you know, what's happening. You're, you're responsible for your business. And it's sort of like when, when you have your first kid and you don't really, Bear can probably speak to this. You and Bear can speak to this way more than I can because I don't have any children, (laughs) but from friends, you know, the first kid is like, we're responsible for this tiny person now and we, they can't communicate what they need. We're not entirely sure what they need because we've never done this before to like, okay, now we're on our second kid. We know what's happening. Right. Every, every noise they make isn't terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but, uh, but at the same time, sounds like Cody's ready for parenthood, man. He's got it already down. So (laughs) everything you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, parenting is not easy and running a business isn't easy either, but, uh, you just do it in little chunks and you kind of learn as you go and, uh, you got to be willing to to trust. Um, you got to be willing to train, and you got to be able to know why you're doing that. Job costing helps you figure out why. Job costing figures out helps you figure out um, who you can fire, who you can keep. Uh, it helps you figure out, you know, how much money you can spend versus, you know, before all that money was kind of hidden and you were only kind of guessing. And it's like, well, I think I can afford a new piece of equipment, or I think I can hire somebody new based on this income, but because you weren't job costing, you had no idea really what your true outgo was. So, um, yeah, it, it, it takes time and it takes a lot of effort, but at the same time, it's definitely worth it because it gets you in a position to where you can actually get out of the field and be able to actually run your business. Some invaluable uh, advice there, Scott. We really appreciate you being here today. And uh, you've, uh, you do per- periodically, you do, obviously you do training within the company, everything like that. And you do uh, periodic events every once in a while. Like you've got a uh, conference coming up in August, a two-day event in Tulsa, Oklahoma, correct? That's correct. And you'll be talking about, I'm assuming, some job costing, but there's some, going to be some other features you guys are going to be talking about, so that's going to be some exciting stuff. Uh, and if you guys want to check out Scott and the event, don't forget to check it out at serviceautopilot.com backslash Tulsa. Uh, you can meet Scott, and he can talk to you all about this and more when it comes to Service Autopilot. We really appreciate it. Uh, Scott, again, thank you so much, and... Uh, Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Yeah, we're glad to have you. All right. Well, coming up next, we've got a quick word from Jonathan, and then I'm going to be right back diving into the tidbit with you. Hey, this is Jonathan. You've probably seen me on the Lawn Care Millionaire YouTube channel. You might know us at Service Autopilot. I'm the co-founder. In just the last couple years, our members have built over $3 billion through Service Autopilot. And I'm also the co-founder of a lawn care company in Dallas that takes care of over 8,500 clients per week. I've been through all the pain, all the frustration. I've missed my goals. I've struggled to find employees. I've been frustrated. I've thought about getting out of the business. I've thought this business will never work. I've had all the same feelings, thoughts, and emotions you've had. The difference is, if you're still struggling, I finally figured out the roadmap. I want to give you the roadmap. You need to be at SA4. Why talk about what you want for one more year? We'll give you the exact strategy and steps to go get what you want and get it all in 2018. If you're hungry for growth and you want a killer 2018, you've got to be at SA4. You're listening to the tidbit. Hey, the tidbit is the piece of the show every week where we take a look at a brief piece of industry-related news or some technology news, something that's going to impact the service industry in in some way. And this week, we're going to be talking about Robin. Robin's a Dallas-based startup that's building their lawn care business around autonomous lawnmowers. They're basically Roombas, the little robotic vacuums, but for grass. 
And I know that anyone who's in the lawn care industry has heard about these autonomous mowers. They're, they're big news. Everybody's shaking in their boots trying to figure out what's going to happen. Uh, and so Robin is building this company in, in Dallas-Fort Worth that's based on the maintenance of the mower. They sharpen blades. They correct any issues with it. They do the installation. They come and store it in the winter. Uh, and so it's all basically like a flat rate installment sort of billing. Uh, and from what I've heard, there's still a lot of issues with the tech that, that, that are being worked out. Uh, the mowers are really tiny, uh, which you think would be a good thing. It's definitely good for the manufacturer for shipping. Uh, but what you end up with is a mower that can't run over twigs and get stuck, or twigs get stuck to the front of it, and then it gets stalled out somewhere. Uh, and a fallen, uh, like a more substantial limb can actually confuse it, and it'll start mowing around it instead of uh, mowing the whole lawn. Where, you know, a human riding a mower could just pick up that, that limb and throw it out of their way. Uh, eventually though, uh, this sort of automation is going to play a big role in, in the industry. And so the real question is, are you prepared to adapt to that technology and move with the times? Or are you going to get left behind when these things start to take over? Because we know that one of the biggest problems in the service industry is finding reliable labor. Well, if we can take this huge labor-intensive part of the lawn care industry and replace it with robots. Robots don't quit. They don't stop showing up. They are, they're reliable. And you can have one of these at each of your client's yards. All the lawns get mowed simultaneously. And then you're basically working with a maintenance crew. And then anything you do that would require a person, you know, someone's going to have to come out and edge the lawn. We don't have robot edgers yet. Uh, you know, any, any sort of trimming that needs to happen is gonna, gonna have to happen with, uh, with a person coming out there. But if you roll that into a maintenance contract, you're still, you're eliminating a lot of that work by having this robot do it. Uh, so, hey, the, the sooner, uh, that Robin gets these kinks worked out, the rest of us can slip in there. Um, but yeah, so what, what do you guys think about that? Send us a tweet out to uh, at Profit Roadmap. Let us know what you think about autonomous mowers. Are they uh, are they a, a path to greatness or are they a fad that's going to blow over? Uh, what do you think? And put it out there on the internet so we've got a record of it and we can uh, we can we can see what happens later. All right, well hey, we're going to throw back to uh, me and Bear in the studio. Well, guys, Bear and I want to thank you for uh, tuning in downloading, getting your earbuds in, listening to the first episode of The Profit Roadmap. We really appreciate your time here, and we look forward to a whole bunch more great episodes in the future. We've got some great stuff coming up. We've got our interview with Caleb Risley from our support department. We've got a great interview with Mike Callahan coming up. So keep on listening, keep on downloading, rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for listening, guys. It's the end of the episode. The music in this episode of The Profit Roadmap was Riptide and Summon the Rock by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff, Incompetech.com.